Welcome to Collier's Talks, a podcast series featuring the latest trends, insights, research, and developments in commercial real estate in Canada and beyond. Good morning, Graham. Morning, Arlene. Um, so I'd like to introduce Graham Young who is a senior vice president of brokerage in Colliers Toronto and a colleague of mine. And Graham's been with Colliers for 27 years. And Graham and I have been working together for 11 years. And I am the director of project management uh, at Colliers Project Leaders. How are you doing today, Graham? I'm doing just fine, Arlene, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Why did you invite me, by the way? Well, um, I thought in celebration of Black History Month and all the work that you're doing with uh, your not-for-profits, and especially for the fact that within my first three days of working there at Collier's, that you came right over and said you had a project that you wanted me to work on. And I thought, what better attitude um, and promoter and champion um, that I could have to have a conversation with about diversity and inclusion. Well, thank you for, for making me part of this today. I appreciate it. And we have known each other quite a while. And uh, I don't remember the day exactly you mentioned, but I, we have been sort of working next to each other over quite a period of time and quite successfully too. So um, this is great to do. So let me ask you, you've obviously made quite an impression within colleagues and what you do you've got a very strong personality but um, you are racialized and so I guess in the context of today's just chat you know what has your experience been not just at colleagues but from your early days as a, a black professional what what has that experience been well um it's hard to put into context um I like uh whoever's listening to to be empathetic <laughs> as I tell my stories, but uh, I'll just tell you one story when I was first starting out in the business. And um, at that time I was still a practicing associate architect and uh, I was on a really big project for one of the big four banks here in Canada on a rollout. And I was setting up for my first big kickoff meeting and I walked into the room and uh, was preparing for the meeting and a gentleman walked in and asked me to get him a coffee. And I had told him that the coffee was outside, it wasn't my office. And uh, he proceeded to tell me how he liked his coffee. I continued with my work and uh, kicked off the meeting and after everyone introduced themselves, he said quite sincerely, oh, so you're the architect. You know, good for you, really great job. And um, it's been kind of like that. It's been kind of subtle, um, discreet, not sure if it was because I was a woman or if it because I was black. Um, you know, you kind of adapt to the situation to make everybody else comfortable with the fact that I'm in a leading role. So that's probably the most typical uh, response that I get. In, so in my you, that was probably what 20 years ago yeah 20 years ago so the world has moved on uh thank goodness in many ways and things are different today things aren't perfect it's a bit of a journey 
but how would you describe the working environments changed in your opinion? I think that um, in terms of the working environment, uh, not that much has changed in terms of uh, real accommodation. I think that people are used to having um, uh, more diverse people within the workplace. Um, being a woman in the workplace, I mean, we still don't have bathrooms for women on construction sites. I've got staff that have to consider where they're going to go to the bathroom before they go to a construction site. I think that's not really accommodating. Um, but I think that uh, for teams like us, I think it's been um, uh, advantageous. Um, I think that, you know, we have a team that's uh, uh, a diverse group of both women and different races and, and we go in there uh, and provide our clients a different perspective. And I think that's one of the things that's a winning combination. So yeah, people have started to adapt. I think there's work to be done. What do you think? How do you think it's changed over the last 27 years? Well, I, mean, I think it's changed. I think it's changed phenomenally in 27 years. And I think, you know, to Collie's credit, I think they've, um, uh, we've always had this discussion at Collie's about uh, cultural culture and culture fit. And I think, I think one of the things that's changed is that there's now a move towards culture add rather than just culture fit because culture fit is basically you know it's the unintended bias of <clears throat> people look like me and sound like me and do things that i like doing that's a great culture fit but really what we're trying to do today is build a culture ad so we have this much broader diversity because our clients are much much more diverse so i mean i think uh, i think people are very accepting at colliers i think they always have been but there's a bit of a journey. It's a journey of what you don't know. And to me, it's been a bit of a personal journey myself over the last couple of years in terms of learning about this and actually um, having consultants come into our, our, our charity and advise us on what it is. And the, so the light went off for me a little bit. It's sort of, uh, and it's not something you wake up in the morning and suddenly you know it all and you figured it all out and you're fully adverse, uh, fully informed of diversity and inclusion. It's a journey. And uh, it's probably one you don't actually ever end on. It's a sort of a bit of a continuum. Um, so that'd be my view, but I think it's a, a very accepting environment we have. We just need to do better to actually plant in greater diversity in the organization as they are trying to do. Yeah, I think that, you know, um, one of the things that uh, we are doing is differently is we're approaching it differently um, in terms of how we are um, uh, presenting ourselves. And I think that we are um, trying to be more intentional um, in, in, uh, in our groups and, and what, we're, what we're doing. Um, I would say, what things are, are you doing now to, to, to be more inclusive? if there was a, a takeaway that you could offer to colleagues? You mean within my professional life at Collier's? Yeah. Working with diversity in your teams. Um, I, have a, I have a partner in my team 
that's quite different to me and he's got great attributes that's quite different to me so we're not we're, we look the same we're both caucasian uh, he's a bit younger so that's a difference that's good but we're different we have different uh, ways of doing things and i think that really works well as a team also having diversity of i've always been of a mind to, for diversity uh, when we talked about uh, sexual diversity in terms of male female um we probably need more diversity in an organization lgbt um uh, I think we're being asked to self-identify these days. I think there's a survey coming out about that. That's probably an interesting subject matter because that's on my, the board I'm involved on at EVAs. That's one of the things we all had to do. You had to identify in all sorts of manners of what your talents were and how you identified LGBT. So that board consisted of probably 50% uh, of women, um, probably there was a scattering of LGBT, uh, two or three, um, but we weren't very diverse racially. And we came, we woke up to that. I'm, 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 I'm some moving on a little bit from your question, but we um, came to a realization about a year ago and we were very intentional in making a change. And today I would say our board is 50% out of 15 people on the board, 50% are racialized um and uh, about 50 percent are women and we still have a scattering of lgbt so i think we're pretty diverse there and uh, in my in my work environment um it's it's obviously not as diverse yeah yeah and uh i think that um there's some teams though that that are and I mean, when we look at our team of who's doing finance, who's doing project management, um, uh, having women on your team, you've always been really uh, strong at that. I think we have completely different perspectives on things, but it makes the responses uh, stronger. Question for you. One of the things uh, also in this other environment of the charity we, we realize that some decisions are made because we don't have we don't have a view on diversity and uh, I'll tell you just a quick story so we had a situation at one of our buildings where the police wanted to enter because they were looking for somebody we don't there wasn't actually one of our one of our youth but um, the frontline worker happened to be black and there was a bit of a confrontation because the police didn't have a right to enter and they weren't given the right to enter. So this person was taken off, carted off to the police station. And within a couple of days, of course, it was all cleared up and there was apologies. But the mistake we realized internally that we didn't have a view plane, the organization realized they didn't have a view plane on their procedures, meaning nobody on the front line should be interacting if they are racialized with the police force just because of all the drama that's around it and the issues around it so that was a mistake that should have been actually written into the bit of the rules and regs and procedures that if that's the case it should be somebody else so avoid that um that uh, incident as it were so that that was a that was a, a learning and I, I think i think that's i think that's one of the points you don't always have a view plane on on those issues unless you are racialized. So let me ask you a question. There's probably lots of things I would never 
I would never actually pick up on in an environment, um, in a discussion in a boardroom, but a racialized person might, meaning you may, the subtler, the subtler uh, experiences in the workplace or at a client's office that might go undetected by a non-racialized person. Do you, do you, do you see that? I mean, do you, do you know that today? Yeah, I mean, here's something that's subtle. It might sound silly, but um, even the way that I wear my hair, uh, if I wear my hair straight or more Caucasian-like, or if I wear my hair naturally, um, and am I, am I perceived as professionally as possible? And it's been raised. So that's something that, uh, you know, um, black people are really conscious of. Um, and it's, uh, we're always adapting to the environment. And I think the uncomfortable situation that's arisen from the events that's um, uh, come about in 2020 is that now everybody's a little bit uncomfortable in trying to adapt to each other. Um, so yeah, there's subtle things like that. Uh, does it make me less professional if I have braids in my hair? Uh, does it make me less qualified? Um, uh, that's, that's something that's real. So Arlie, what do you think the takeaways are? What are the, what are the learnings um, from your experience? I would say <clears throat> one thing that I uh, do often with my teams um, especially the young women um, on the teams is to um, challenge with empathy. Um, although people may say things or be confrontational uh, or somewhat aggressive or dismissive, um, ask them, you know, tell me more about why you think that or, or why is that? Or, why is this a challenge or how can I help you understand or what is difficult when someone, I was speaking to a young lady yesterday and she said um, uh, she's uh, a person of color and young. And so her intersectionality was both being female, uh, a person of color and youth and her qualifications were being questioned openly and no one else stood up to defend her and um, in the room. That's, a com that's something that's commonplace. Like how experienced are you? Um, and I think that uh, my advice to her was to challenge with empathy. You know, ask him what exactly was the issue because clearly she was qualified because she was in the role. Did he need more evidence of it? Was there something that she said that wasn't um, uh, correct or um, made him uncomfortable? Uh, but we have to have the discussion in order to do productive work is what I would say. And so I think challenging with empathy and looking at it from the other person's perspective. Um, so, so, so do I understand from that that challenging with empathy mean, means it, it take the personal out of it and just challenge the question that's being implied. Yes, in absolutely. An way. Absolutely. I think that um, the person that said 
um, those things. That's their issue, not your issue. Um, and maybe helping them understand. I think on both sides, we both have learnings and unlearnings to do. In you know, when I uh, when I look back on my career and I think of the biggest influencers in my career, uh, my biggest champion and mentor early on um, that really shifted uh, my perspective was uh, someone that I would have judged, um, very uh, uh, wealthy, old, established, white developer who understood his privilege and felt it was his responsibility to help me. And he challenged me and we would have real conversations of why not Arlene, why wouldn't you do this? And that brings my second piece of advice is confront your frares. Like don't, don't always be afraid to move forward. And sometimes it takes people like that to, to push you forward. Um, uh, in your career, but I had unlearnings to do in allowing him into my world to help me become better. So uh, I have my own unconscious bias to deal with. <laughs> For you, uh, are there any recommendations or, or thoughts that you would have on that? I think it's just, it is a, it is a, it's a journey, it's a learning, you, you know, there's a, uh, a Dickens quote I think I mentioned to you the other day in a Christmas Carol where after the third ghost comes to him and he realizes the errors of his bad ways and he says uh, did why did I not have the eyes to see with meaning he was sitting in front of you it was obvious and he, you know, he, he changed his life I think that's what it is it's just you don't know what you don't know but you have to understand there is something else to know so therefore you open your eyes to it and you listen and you learn and it's it's a journey and it's um so i think that's what it is just having a little bit of an open mind seeing the other seeing the other perspective um i have no you know i am a uh, white male living in north america in canada and the institution everything was basically designed for me so i don't see any barriers where others may see barriers. And I think it's just recognizing that um, it's, uh, is uh, illuminating and changes the way you see things and how you move forward. We all have learnings. That's great. Well, I think, I think uh, this has been a great conversation. Uh, I appreciate your time and uh, courage to have this uh to do this podcast with me and i couldn't think of anybody better to do it with um and so i'd like to thank thank you very much well thank you only and i appreciate it and um uh, i knew you wouldn't let me out the room unless i did so <laughs> there we are thanks a lot wonderful have a great day thank you bye 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 Thanks for listening to Collier's Talks podcast. To learn more about Collier's Canada, our experts, and our solutions, visit colliers.canada.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.